Welcome to F3, everybody! Thank you, Steam Logistics, for the gong. Sounds wonderful. Thank you, Rob Boosie out there. By the way, Kelly Lomax is here. You want to know the power of the internet? Talk to you guys really quick about the power of the internet. Most of you I've never met in person. Most of you have never been seen in person. I may have seen you virtually on What the Truck. Maybe seen you on LinkedIn. Maybe seen you on Twitter. And it's amazing to see everyone here. Kelly, for example, power of the internet. I put out that my seven-year-old really wanted a typewriter. Kelly Lomax goes and scours his offices over at Dunavent and grabs a typewriter, came all the way down here and brought it down here for my seven-year-old. So a little cowbell for you. But Kelly, that's a win. Come up here and ring my gong. Or Steam's gong. I'm sorry, my adopted gong. How many of you out here are meeting people for the first time? This is an awesome Mike Diamond, buddy. How long have we been DMing for? Going out there, you're looking awesome, Kelly Lomax. Hey, this is a great event. Thank you for helping us put it on. Go Payhawk and uh, Marquee Insurance, as you can see behind us. There's my buddy right there. How is that Nikola fuel cell, buddy? He says he doesn't have it here. Go throw some water line out there. Hey, this is an awesome event. I got some great guests. I got Matt Zimmer, president of Zengistics. I got Andrew Culhane over at Torque. Justin Bailey, co-founder at Rose Rocket. We got a couple of guys from Alliance Partners, too. My buddy, Chad and uh, Ronald Ramsey. But Mike is standing right over there. I'm sorry, Matt is standing right over there. Matt, come on over, buddy. What's up? Here, a little cowboy for you. Give me a little, give a little cheer, man. Zengistics. What is up? Come sit next to me, man. Don't be a stranger. Sounds good. Appreciate Sounds having me. Sounds good. So you came out here from Austin, Texas, did you not? I did. How was the trip in? Pretty easy. Yeah. Did you go into Atlanta? Then Chattanooga? Uh, no, I went through Charlotte. Came out with our EVP of sales. He lives in Charlotte. What kind of conversations, before we even get into your topics and everything, what kind of conversations do you want people having with you out here on the floor today? Sure, I think the most important thing about what we do as Zengistics is we're trying to decommoditize the commodity, both through technology and advanced uh, services that's more than just freight. Um, and that's kind of what we're powered on. We're powered by Turbo, great, great uh, collaborative platform that we use. And uh, yeah, so we're looking for a lot of technology out here today, and that's what our business is built around. Now, we're going to talk about something that I'm not super familiar with yet. There's so many asses these days. I mean, yep. AAS, SAS, hats as a service. What are you doing over there with your Zoom buddy? This is my buddy Mustafa. Love you, homie. You're looking good. Are you going to ring that gong later? And now we have transportation as a service. Yep. What is that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think we're the first to actually coin it, so I don't think it's out there. To me, it's... I'll go a couple of sides. Right now, we're kind of this freight recession. People talk about some challenges, but the reality is, is shippers and customers are also in a recessionary period. And the way we've thought about our business is if you can only just move something on a truck, you're, you've, you're commoditied through there. And so what transportation as a service is, kind of like software as a service where you have a host that's built around a bunch of different applications. What we do is build around turbos we talked about, but we're moving freight for people. We're actually doing consolidation strategies for them. We're actually helping people make manufacturing decisions, where to put their manufacturing location and their distribution to make sure that we have the best route optimization. Uh, we've moved upstream into actually doing planning services for most of our customers. That way um, we're able to understand the trucks, the route and everything else. And so 
Although we're moving freight as our main line of business, our ability to consolidate, route optimize, use data and analytics to give them better predictability around uh, cost is kind of how we think about that transportation as a service bundled together. So how is that how is that different than like current 3PL models? A lot of what you said, it sounds like, yeah, that sounds yep. like things I'm familiar with. What, what does TAS do? How does that bring it all together? Yeah, it's, it's A, what we believe is a single account management layer, a single visibility platform from uh, the actual software, and a single invoicing layer. Um, so that's important to give the, the customer ease of use. But secondly, I think the conversations that we're having with the customers are, are different. As I said before, we're, we're actually doing manufacturing planning for some of our customers now. So really understanding a couple levels upstream on what those choices and how they are able to build product, when they build product, to how that gets the distribution into the end use customer is um, kind of where I think we, we've separated a little bit. We, we're, we're really strong in the beverage space. Uh, being able to give analytics to our customers around every SKU type, where your minimum quantities are, is my, a, is my IPA during these summer months better to be moved at, at this time versus the seasonal side of it? So to us, the transportation of the service is decommoditizing just the truckload and being able to bring services into the customer that not only affect their cost side of their business, but their SG&A line. We actually took over planning for most of our customers. They don't even have people there. And we actually are showing through our work that we're actually generating more revenue for our customers. And so if you're actually able to generate more revenue, you're actually able to save on the SG&A line and on the freight line, we think that's a pretty powerful value prop to our customers. Interesting. Do you have like an example? You don't have to name name of customer. Sure. Do you have an example, sort of a, a mini case study you can yeah. give us of how this transforms something? Yeah, Stone Brewing. And the reason I'll do that one is on the website, we've done a joint case study with Stone Brewing. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of the customers, we start off moving, you know, few pallets and a full truckload, we took 100% of Stone Brewing's outsourced logistics. And really what they were looking for was they had the big, their biggest challenge was the data side of it, is a manufacturing on both sides of the United States on each coast. I need better cost data to understand by SKU, by exact beer type, what is the cost to move it to each distributor by state, by each location? We're actually helping them, yo, you should actually brew this product in New Jersey, because you're able to move it to Denver better with seasonality than when you're coming out of California, which most people would think, well, just split the United States down the middle. So we started with just cost per case equivalent, which is a very big beverage industry where we, we did really good work for them. Then we took it further into the, the consolidation strategy. We were able to consolidate their loads by 14% over what their current incumbent was. And so if you're running, you know, 5,000 loads a year, and you took 14% of every truck off the road, you're no longer in a lane-by-lane lane RFQ analysis. You're in a total cost of ownership piece of it. Um, and so that's kind of the, the analytics side of it, the planning side of it, obviously being able to run world-class service and, and visibility. Um, true openness matters, and, and it's table stakes to what we believe. But that's kind of an example of some of the customers that we're working with. You know. That's a great success story, and I loved a couple of things you said in there, especially about their sourcing. Like when I used to do RFPs, that was one of the biggest challenges was to convince customers sometimes it would make more sense to position things over here. Like you look at your volume of freight, it's the way you're running your network, you're paying X company significantly more money than if you rethought about this. And it's great to have that data, but we're, we're kind of at an inflection point. This has been a tough year in freight tech. I mean, it's no joke. We've had some major headlines about things. Is freight tech dead or is it just going through the natural growing pains every type of innovation goes through? 
I don't think it's dead. Yeah. Um, there's definitely, a, like in anything in, in technology, there's a lot of things that fail, right? Um, yeah. You know, Convoy is a big discussion point and everything else. And, and although it didn't work, what I will say on that point is shippers lined up with hundreds of millions of dollars because they were hoping that something was different. They, they, there are, if you talk to the shippers, um, especially the guys that are really trying to evolve and change it, they're looking for things differently. And so how are you really thinking about the technology side of it is imperative. And a lot of great technologies here. Are they all going to make it? I'm not sure. But I think it's, it's the constant push for that. And as we said, uh, you know, how we use Turbo is we have 17 different software applications API'd around Turbo. The cool thing about freight is, you know, it's like everyone's so niched in a certain piece of software. Like no one's going wide. They're going very, very skinny with something that does something really, really great. And then you can API it in and work through there. And so that's how we kind of we build our business is really exacting pieces of software that do something really, really great um, that allow our value prop to go. But no, I think there's going to be ebbs and flows and there's going to be especially next year if it remains soft, I think there's going to be some carnage in this space, unfortunately, uh, both from a technology side and from kind of the, the carrier side and the brokerage side. Um, the strongest will survive and we'll kind of go on from there and keep re reinventing ourselves. What's the key component that's going to keep you guys in the game and it's going to keep your customers in the gang and it's in the game and it's going to do what it really does is bring value? Yeah. I mean, you know, we joke about it all the time. This is our best year in logistics history by far. Yeah. Profitability is way up. Growth is way up. Uh, it's back to decommoditizing the commodities. We said it before. And so we don't fish in really large ponds. We, we know what customers really work for us. We're, we're better at the emerging customers that for every dollar they want to invest, they invest it into their brand versus into their supply chain, into their technology. And so we're very selective about customers. And so to us as Engistics, the key is, is staying true to the strategy making sure that we stay really focused in, in where we provide differentiated value and being able to stay around that. And what we have found is there's enough shippers out there looking for things to be different that it actually putting it together, um, there's still tremendous opportunity for growth. And being a small guy, it's a lot easier to grow than the big guys trying to maintain, obviously. Well, here you heard it from here. He's being successful. It's a tough market. He's kicking ass. So you're going to want to talk to them on the floor, but go prove it. Go hit that gong. All right. This is a competition. Everybody rings this gong. Someone's going to win the mini gong. Appreciate it. All right. So hit your big win out on this. He's winding up. Thank you, Steam Logistics, for donating this wonderful gong to the set. Oh. Oh, not yet. Not yet. Hey. Oh, look at that. He just got cocky. He just got cocky. You guys look hungry out there. Meanwhile. To love Houston. Uh, Christopher Big Lebowski right here. He's 51 years old. He used, some of you have even seen it. Well, I put this online. People are caught. He's like, oh, he drove right past my office. Fragslap said that to me. Uh, this guy is high on meth. He led the police on a two and a half hour chase. And something's going on in his cabin over there. We got some great comments on this one. Uh, Amazon Trucker says, got some front end issues or shock issues by the looks of that Cascadia. Yeah, that sure is a freight shaker. We got a uh, new trucker, Mike. He says, epic loud quitting. Remember quiet quitting? Remember in 2022, everyone's like, you're quiet quitting? What are you talking about? What is it now? Hoping you stay alive. Kevin says, somehow only being charged with two felonies last I heard. That's not bad. Big Rig Lebowski will be trucking for Western Express as soon as he's... Oh, shots fired. Sorry, Western Express. Maxwell Possible says, what's going on with trucking in the U.S.? First TQL gate, now a meth-fueled attempt at a cannonball run with trucks. Also, 
Who had this on their 2023 bingo card? I don't know. Wait, who had uh, hitting a gong on their 2023 bingo, uh, bingo card? I'm going to let two of you do it right now in between guests. Come on up here, Mustafa. Come on, man. I've seen you standing all close. Oh, we got Boris here too. Boris, you around? Nah, he already ditched me. All right, man, take it out. Yeah, say hi to everybody, first of all. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Come meet us at Zoom at the booth to see the best platform in existence. You heard him hit it. You're, uh, you're up for some competition here. Solid. Caring. It's caring. And uh, Matt, your turn. Come on, Matt. Matt from Covenant, we gotta like Covenant represent. And some fans Boris Panov from Macedonia, tell him to come down here. All right, Matt. Say all right. Oh, you want me to say it? Oh, yeah. hey, everybody. He's Matt from Covenant. He's a little shy. All right, bring it in. It's not done yet. What do you think? You didn't get any cheers. No cheers. You didn't get any cheers. Good stuff. All right, Andrew Gutley from Tor, come on up here, man. You're gonna ring this at the end. Actually, I'm gonna hang on to this mallet. It makes me feel strong. Makes me. Oh, your hat looks good. It matches your red too. How have things been? I so about a year ago, actually, like literally about a year ago. This time, I was down in New Mexico. Torque brought me out. I got to take a ride in their truck. I got to meet their team. How have what's happened since then? Yeah, it's been a busy year for Torque. So uh, continuing to con uh, push towards getting that product on the market. Uh, continuing to test with our partners. Uh, and really, in, in our view, continuing to be a good partner in this ecosystem. Uh, we know people hear autonomous trucks and immediately think disruption and all the change. Yeah. Uh, I despise the word disruption. Me uh, too. I think it's the worst marketing term. This is supply chain. Stop disrupting things. Yeah, we've seen what that looks like. Yes. You know, we really view ourselves as a part of this ecosystem, as a part of this supply chain, and bringing just one piece of the puzzle to the market. Uh, and so maybe our my, my message to everybody is we're continuing to progress, but we do it with all of you. And so if there's any interest for folks that are here, uh, folks that are watching online, reach out to us. Let's have a conversation and figure out how we all work together uh, to kind of build, bring the industry back up here. Now, for people who aren't familiar, Torque's not a new kid on the block. This isn't like some new startup that just showed it. You've, been, you've personally been with them for almost 16 years, right? Yeah, correct. So, you know, Torque, Torque is not, you know, a, a quick startup in the self-driving space. Uh, the company's been around for 17 years. Uh, we're up the road. I actually drove down here from from lovely Southwest Virginia. I was commenting we're right next to Roanoke, and this looks like a clone of Roanoke down here. Uh, sure so does. really, really similar town. And so you know we've been around. We've worked in the you know off-road military space. Understand what it means to support you know the warfighters. Understand what it means to really bring solutions there. Uh, worked in mining and construction. Again, environments where you got to bring real product to market that works, that solves a problem, but doesn't solve everything. Yeah. And so you still need the rest of that ecosystem. You still need your partners. You still need the OEMs to all come together to bring some change. That's what also makes you guys interesting is your partnership with Daimler. You have a real strong backer behind you. So how do you bring those, those together? How do you bring the non-disruptive, how do you bring a seamless integration of autonomous vehicles into the supply chain? You know, I think it first starts with our partners, not only Daimler, but we have what we call our Torque Autonomous Advisory Council. And some folks uh, from here, including Matt, who just rang the gong, were, were up in Blacksburg. <laughs> uh, and, and we have open and honest conversations. Uh, we want to know every fear, every doubt, but every opportunity that this product and technology brings. We want to talk about it. And we want to figure out how we find that right sweet spot, uh, not just to bring a cool piece of tech to the market. Right? There's enough of that out there. We want to bring a product and some sustained innovation that helps and grows with everybody. 
uh, and again, not not be this disruptor, right? We've, we've seen what that does. Sure. There's um, I think this particular event has more truck drivers at it than any F3 that we have done. What what is what what is the message to truck drivers? We're super scared of this technology. Yeah. Look, you know. It, as, as we always say, there's going to be a job for everybody in trucking that wants yeah. to drive a truck. This does not drive every piece of freight everywhere. It really is just one piece of that supply chain. Uh, and so, you know, the more we talk with the shippers and the carriers, it's actually intended to be a, a way to improve quality of life for drivers, right? If, if you want to be out over the road, there's going to be jobs for that. You know, specialty freight, we're not targeting that. It's one piece. And if that allows more drivers, and especially the newer drivers, uh, we have a whole team over at Accelerate at Women in Trucking right now. You know, we work with a lot of the folks that are trying to recruit and retain talent in this space and being able to give them those regional halls, being able to get them home more often, you know, that's a big part of recruitment and retention. And so we want to help enable that and not, again, not displace that, but really just provide one more piece of the puzzle. 16 years, yet it kind of feels like we're still in the early innings of autonomy, right? What have you learned, though, during that time from, like, feedback from customers, from data, and, and, and where are we moving forward? Yeah, so I think, you know, if we look back at the other markets that Torque's been able to bring product in, it really starts with having the right application and the right timing, right? The right timing for off-road and for mining was a few years ago. The technology was there, the business need was there, right? And the application fit. We're starting to see that really get to that point in, in on-road applications. Uh, it is certainly a harder environment, right? Drivers, as you saw from your video, right? Drivers can be challenging over the road. Well, yes, especially meth-fueled ones on yeah. a two-and-a-half-hour run through Houston. Uh, you've driven in Albuquerque with us, you know. <laughs> That's close uh, enough. <laughs> but, you know, understanding that right timing, and we've been pretty consistent with it, right? We've never said this was coming tomorrow. Uh, we've been kind of very clear that there is a progression, and even once we get to that point of driver out, there's still a progression from there, right? We have to build that trust. We have to work with all of the folks in the ecosystem to connect up routes, uh, to, to kind of redesign pieces of the network to fit. And that's great, but it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. Uh, and it's not going to happen with just us. Uh, and even just us in Daimler, right? All that is going to do is bring a truck that can drive itself. There's a whole lot more that this hallway would, would remind you of that has to come together for that to all work. AI, core component of AV, obviously they kind of go hand in hand. You need AI at a certain point to make sure all this stuff works. But in terms of like pop culture, in terms of in terms of societal awareness, ChatGPT came out this year. Everyone thinks of like generative AI. Where does AI fit in with Torque? What's going on with AI and you guys? Yeah, I had to promise my marketing team I wouldn't make this sound super nerdy. Okay. Um, so, you know, the key thing is that obviously there's a lot of AI and machine learning in the driving itself, right? Yeah. The way that we see the world, the way that we figure out driving behaviors, all of those things. And I think that's core to it. What's super cool, though, and you see it, and again, down this hallway here, is some of the other applications, right, where it gets us better visibility into data. If I look back at some of the work we did uh, on the mining side, you can actually tie better predictive maintenance, uh, better unplanned downtime uh, metrics based on the data you get from self-driving. And so it gives us some other access, whether it's from a visibility, whether it's from that maintenance side, uh, and, of course, all the super cool tech that goes on the truck. I don't want to downplay that at all, as there's an army of engineers back at Torque working on that, too. Who is, like, the right, before I let you go, who's the right partner for you now? Like, who does Torque want to, to work with? What stage are you at that you can bring on partners, and what's the scope of that type of partnership at this, at this point? Yeah, so we've announced some, obviously, pilot work we've done with both uh, Schneider and Sierra England, but really, it's those other pieces of the ecosystem as well. The truck going down the road is just one part of it. Yeah. Uh, and so whether that's partnerships around uh, you know, fleet management or asset management systems, 
again, we tie out very closely with Daimler, some of the folks that are in their ecosystem. Uh, but if there's some lessons learned from other new technology in this market, whether it's electric or anything else, there is a full ecosystem there. So anything in that ecosystem is an opportunity for us to partner, to learn where we can all connect. Because at the end of the day, it is a big ecosystem problem, right? Logistics is not just one piece. And so we want to make sure we see kind of all those edges and where we can continue to partner. And like I said, bring the whole industry along together. Bring the whole industry along. Well, I'm going to bring you over to my gong right now because it's been too long since we heard this thing ring. How do you think Torque's going to do? Come on, Andrew. Bring this home. This can't be autonomous. You got to do this yourself, buddy. Go for it. That, that was loud. That was, that, that was up there. Thank you, sir. You did an awesome job. We got to hear some truck. Is that you? Did I see Big Chris? Did I see Big Chris around here? Where'd he go? How about Gord? Come on, Gord, let's hear a gong out of you, buddy. Let's bring some truckers out here. Then Fat Man Spud, if he's over there. Yeah, come on, buddy. Solid. Solid. Come on. Oh, your deliberate walk, too, with the cowboy boots, them shit kickers on. Give it a hit. My money's on him already. That was solid. That was solid. All right, elsewhere. Hey, y'all better watch who y'all buying stuff from. You better watch who you buying stuff from. I done went sitting at the truck stop. Somebody done knocked on my door, asked me, do I want to buy a TV? I said, shoot. Yeah, I plugged the joke in to make sure it was working. The little sign come up said it was working. So I unplugged the joker, and then I went back. Laid down, set the thing up after I done laid down. So here I go, set it up, plug it in, and guess what pop up? A McDonald's menu. <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> it's a McDonald's menu. What? Who, 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 who did this? That's Larry Coltrane. He's a man. If you're not, if you're on like Twitter X or TikTok, follow Larry Coltrane. He makes some of the funniest videos around here. By the way, guys, introduce yourselves. He turned Ronald on. His mic's dead. We can introduce you. Hey, Chad Eichelberger, uh, Reliance Partners. Ronald Ramsey, Reliance Partners. That, you sounded much better now. You guys had you guys had the longest trip out here, didn't you? Yeah, we did. Several blocks. Several blocks. Local Chattanooga team out here supporting F3. Deal with you guys all the time. What? What? First of all, before we get into anything, you guys catch the keynote. How's F3 treating you so far? Hey, it's been awesome. We've got a booth set up, so come by and see us. Tons of customers. Uh, a few prospects, so uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Can't walk 10 feet without seeing somebody we know and networking, so it's really good catching up with fans. What, what are we going to find at your booth? You got any good, like, Yetis or anything? You can win $100 if you uh, put the golf ball onto the $100 bill. I think we've given away 100 already, so... Oh, that's uh, your course. Yeah, that's us. You know mini golf was invented here in Chattanooga? Absolutely. I did not. That's good trivia. Uh, unfortunately, Sir Goonies is all we have left, and your course. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, what's good? Why, why do we need so let, primary cargo insurance? Why do we need primary cargo insurance? Well, we need primary cargo insurance. Hey, first of all, let me back up. A lot of customers are demanding that now in contracts. Uh, you know, especially the Fortune 500 customers, they realize it's an option. It didn't used to be an option, but it is now. Um, it, but eliminate that reason. The reason you need that, it's really called customer insurance because the way it used to work in the freight brokers world was there would be a claim you'd have contingent cargo. Uh, that would get, get run up the chain, and then the insurance company would come back, and they would call you and say, hey, great news. 
uh, this was an excluded commodity, so you're not on the hook for it. Well, it really wasn't good news, but then you had to make the decision to either tell your customer, sorry, it wasn't covered, or you had to pay for it out of pocket to make it whole. Well, with primary cargo coverage, that eliminates that uh, possibility because the freight's going to be covered. They're going to pay out the claim and then segregate back against the trucking company's cargo to try to recoup some of that loss, hopefully all the loss. Interesting. Why, why is that so important? What are people doing wrong? Well, I would say right now, I mean, everybody here is aware of the uh, rampant fraud and the scams in the space. So, I mean, one reason today is if you lose, you know, call it eight, nine, ten loads at one instance, you're on the hook for that if you have contingent cargo. That policy is contingent on the coverage of the motor carrier. And if there's no coverage present, then you don't have any coverage. It's really a piece of paper. And we tell everybody, if you buy a contingent policy, don't expect it to pick up very much. And, you know, the, the traditional losses are obviously still there, you know, where you have damage that occurs on a shipment. But, uh, you know, just from what we're seeing and what Ronald alluded to, uh, the customer contractual requirements, and then in addition to that, just the, the, the issues that are plaguing the whole space today. I mean, I would not want to be sitting in a broker's shoes and not have primary coverage. Interesting. You know, you mentioned something, and I said there's more truckers than ever at F3, and I think there's more seminars on fraud and double broking at F3 than ever before. What's the scope of the issue right now? Is it increasing as fast as people are complaining about? It really is. Uh, and technology has been really great for the industry, but it's also given the nefarious actors a lot of more opportunities to infiltrate uh, into systems, whether it's cyber security or, or phishing emails, and uh, they're getting a lot more sophisticated. And so as a result, there's a lot more activity going on than there has been in any time in the history of the industry. So you, we've got to try to stay a step ahead of it. Like, what are some of the risks out there? What are some of these common scams that everyone's fallen prey to? I mean, we all hear about the load boards. It's like the double brokering. That kind of stuff is, is pretty obvious. But uh, bring me into this world a little bit. I would say, I mean, we're, we're seeing, if you think of a scam, if you can dream it up, there's somebody there that's trying to perpetrate it. Uh, right now, for instance, Dooner, uh, we're seeing, you know, motor carriers that are obviously struggling. And some of them are, you know, when they're going to cease operations, they get a phone call from one of these bad actors and hey, would you like a $3,000 Venmo payment? All I need is all your load board logins, all your freight broker logins, um, give me access to this, I want your email address, and suddenly the, the trucking company that's been in good standing with XYZ Logistics suddenly is now owned by somebody else who doesn't really own it, but can then turn around and perpetrate fraud, hit it really quick, and then turn around and a week later disappear. And that's, you're seeing that. I mean, we could go on for hours about the number and the, the different methods that they're using, but it's that easy. Like, what are the red flags? What should we be, what should everyone here who's concerned about this be looking out for? I would say one, the, uh, the carrier vetting and monitoring services, you've got to have a good partner on that. Uh, you've got to look for ways to validate. Obviously, when somebody calls in, and the rate they're willing to haul the load for, they don't negotiate. Um, the number and the email address don't necessarily match up with what's on Safer, but even that's not a, you know, a clear reason. We, we're seeing, we're, we're even seeing that FMCSA data could be manipulated. Yeah, the, the bad thing about it is there's carriers that's pulled loads for you in the past year. They may have pulled a dozen loads, but then, you know, sold to go out of business and these actors uh, get their information. So you think it's a carrier that you vetted and been successful in the past and all of a sudden are scamming you. What's like, what's my recourse if I, if I get scammed? What, what happens then? 
Uh, well, you know, one, hopefully you have good insurance. Yeah. Uh, but I would say, too, on top of that, when, you know, when you realize something's happening, I mean, you've got to be in touch with law enforcement. You've got to report it. Uh, you can report it to FMCSA. We haven't seen yet that that's been taken, you know, incredibly serious. But, you know, I, I think, one, you've got to try to prevent it from happening. And two, the moment you suspect it, you've got to turn it into your insurance company. Like, the longer you wait, the, the greater the odds that load's gone. And hopefully on top of that, you're, you're not out even in addition to the load. You haven't advanced them any fuel money or anything else. Yeah, I'd reiterate that. Just the sooner you can tell your insurance company, even if you're not certain, you know, get it out there. Let, let's get it out there so they can start investigating because these things happen so quick. And if you wait 48, 72 hours, the chances of catching them are very slim versus if you are proactive and communicate why the load's in transit, you've got a much better opportunity to recover it. Huh. That's brutal. So what, what do you like? So, okay, I've been scammed. I am a client of an insurance company. Let's say it's Reliance Partners. How do I approach you now so you can launch your own investigation? You're going to put us on notice, obviously, and we're going to help facilitate the filing of the claim. Uh, but, you know, that's the extent of our involvement is going to be, okay, we've, we've helped you file the claim with your insurance company. Your insurance company is going to go and gather the information, and depending on who the insurance company is, hopefully they're going to investigate it on their own and move quickly. But I'll tell you, a lot of times we, we've had issues. People have come to us. We've insured the carrier. We've insured the broker. It, it's, and it, sometimes neither one of them have done anything wrong. Somebody's impersonated the carrier and was able to get a load from the broker. So even finding the truth in a lot of these, it's not even that simple. Because you, you don't know who's the bad actor and who's not, oftentimes. Ugh. Uh, so who, people want to go over to your booth today. How do they find you, people who are watching this virtually? How do they get in touch with you guys? Yeah, so we're right here in the uh, close to the main entrance, about three booths down. Uh, the big green neon lights, you'll see us out there. We're keeping it staffed 24-7. We'd love to see current customers, old friends, new friends. Come by and see us. We'd love to see you. It's time, guys. All right. I'm going to take it. You're going to go. You, you get a dollar. See, Reliance kind of. Just a little quick gong history. I don't know who. Hedging your own bets. So Scott Massey, who is now with Trident, ordered a gong in 2009 at Access America Transport. So I'm going to give him credit for starting this. Okay. Access America Transport apparently started this, but Steam is uh, carrying it on with the lovely Steve Cox image here. That was good. Can you beat him, Chad? That, that, that hurt my ear. Mr. Justin, for all your hard work on social media, we got to let you hit this gong. Always giving hats out. Not the time for hats, man. Come over here. <laughs> Throw the hat in your hand. Ooh. He didn't catch all of it. Boom. All right, we got time for one more before the next guest. How about you, Chris? I was trying to get you earlier. I see you back. You're out shopping at the Boots. Did, did you get any good swag? I had to have the peanuts. Yo, uh, so, I'm Chris, MD Trucker on Twitter. You can follow me. I'm just full of it. I'm just here. Chris, another trucker we brought down this time. Thank you, sir. All of you, by the way, you see the drivers that are here. A lot of them wearing these please advise hats. If you see them and you want a driver's opinion on your product or whatever's going on, Bring him right on up. And Boris, you came, I think, the longest. Come over here, Boris. I need you to hit this gong. Come on, Boris. He came all the way out here from Macedonia. I've known this guy on LinkedIn for three years. He's been a guest on What the Truck. If you're on LinkedIn, he's got probably the best memes in the game. 
Especially the best original memes. Boom. Come on, bonus. I love it, man. Give everyone a shout out. Give everyone a shout out, buddy. Yeah, I'm, I'm Boris. Nice to meet you all. Alright. <laughs> Let's take a look at a crash test. You got Justin Bailey in the house? Justin Bailey in the house. Come on, Justin. How you doing? Where, where are you out here from, buddy? Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Toronto, Ontario, Canada. By the way, you and I share a commonality. Is this, I understand you're also a podcast host. This is true, yeah. Very famous. How long have you been on podcasting for? Uh, not as long as you, man. We've done 60, not quite, 50, 60 shows maybe now. Pretty killer. Yeah, yeah. Pretty killer. Why, are you, why are you at F3? What message do you want to get out to everybody? Well, I think, you know, we're doing a big launch right now. Um, we're from Rose Rocket. I'm a co-founder at Rose Rocket. Um, you know, we were a TMS, and I think this is the key message. Um, what we're calling it, that the TMS is dead. And we think that the, the industry needs a solution that is fit for them um, versus, you know, right now, it's if you think about a TMS, it is a product that's a singular workflow. So if you have a business, you need to work the way in which the TMS is set up for you to work. I don't mean to cut you off, but I, yeah. wait, are you a TMS company? We are, yeah, yeah. We're killing and ourselves too. This guy just said the TMS is dead. Yeah, yeah. We're a product. Okay. We're a platform. So, I mean, we're, we've, we've brought over 1,200 customers paying, gone live on our product. And we recognize after doing this for seven years that those workflows, those single workflows, they don't work for everybody. And this industry is so dynamic and every business is so different that you need a product that you can customize to your business yourself. So you are the co-founder of the company. Yeah. What have you learned about TMS then in this time that has brought you to this conclusion? Yeah, that the TMS is have an opinion, right? So it's like you will buy a product that, that fits your business the best that it possibly can. So out of the, I don't know, 20 TMSs on the market, you're going to pick the one that most aligns to your business, but it probably doesn't do the 20% of the thing that you do that's unique to your business. And so with you have to unchain uh, people from that. And we really believe that what we've learned is that there is no singular workflow that's going to fit all industry uh, within transportation. So in order to have a product that connects to whether it be LTL or FTL or even Ocean, you need a product that you can build yourself. That, that, that A, is in, incredible. But now you got me curious. What, where is the innovation in TMS? Yeah. Like, you said a few things, but now I'm even more curious. Yeah. So I think that's it. I think that's the trouble is that we were hitting a wall in terms of what innovation can be. So you can add a little more feature functionality. You can add a little more widget. People are going to try and drop AI and a bunch of things. But the reality is you are anticipating what you think that customer is going to want. And I think that's super risky. And I think what we need to do is give the customers the tools to build what they want because tech is so much more consumable and, and disposable now. And so if you want to bring stuff into it, if you want to build your own stuff, if you want to invoice before you pick up, um, you name it, then the product should be malleable enough for you to do that. Now, you're the co-founder of the company. Do you remember the, the day you were walking around and the idea for Rose Rocket came in your head? Yeah, I mean, I was originally a freight broker. So it was actually when I first, to this point, when I bought the first TMS, the first thing I did is I, 
I got it, I set it up, and I hired a consultant to build a bunch of stuff on top of it. You are going to be representing the freight brokers on that call. That's right. That's right. In, in a little bit, but how, how, so what has changed then? What have you What have you learned since then? What What has changed on the mission, or maybe nothing's changed? I don't know of Rose Rocket. No, the mission's changed a lot, man. I mean, I think it was originally it was you know get trucking companies or brokers on the internet. This is going back 2000, sort of 15 era. Yeah. Um, but technology's evolved, and as we've learned, like I said, from you know well over a thousand customers now, um, we really understand that. Like you know, I'll use driver pay as an example. We've seen probably 50 different permutations of driver's pay. And the reason is because people are making it up. And yeah. so trying to like anticipate every single one in a product, it's a fool's errand. So here's, an, here's a product, here's a platform that gives you the ability to build your own driver pay at scale how you want. We're not going to try to think about how it's supposed to be done any longer. We don't have an opinion on how you run your business and how it's supposed to be built. And I think the ability for technology, what we'll call sort of low code, no code, that's changed a lot. That's now people can do that. And this industry's become a lot more technically advanced. It's become a lot younger in the seven years that I've been doing this, a lot younger. Now that we kind of have the pandemic in the rear view, has that changed your business at all or your, the needs of your customers or the needs of supply chain? It was such a disruptive event. I imagine it had to have some impact. I mean, I mean, it's like anybody who's in this space, if they're going to be honest, they know that this has been a pretty tough year. You yeah. know, for whether it's like whether you're driving a truck or you're selling software, um, so I think for us, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, we're really well capitalized. We're a pretty large company at this point. And so I think for us, it's the way it's changed our business is, is we took the pandemic as an opportunity. A lot of people had great years during that time, but then post that period of time, we said, let's put our heads down and let's build because this is going to be pretty rough for the next little bit. So we've been building for 18 months behind the scenes on this. What's been the, what's been the hardest part of getting through it? What's been the biggest challenge? Just it, the amount of products and you know we had to take basically we've we've been trying to stand up a business selling our existing product that we think is it's pretty pretty good works in the market well for a for a particular cohort of customer so maintaining commercializing that go to market rhythm while having 95% of our engineering uh, focused on building a product that's not in market yet so just like keeping it keeping it floating while we're building 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 furiously for you know a year and a half it's pretty um, that's pretty challenging what conversations do you want to have here? Now's your message to the floor. Who should be talking to you? Who do you want to talk with? Yeah, I think anybody who's, who's running a trucking company or a freight brokerage who, who understands what I'm saying right now, who understands that, that linear workflows are what's holding them back, that they're using 50, 60. We have a customer who uses 300 different spreadsheets on the side of their TMS. So if you're running your business like that, we want to talk to you. We want feedback. We want to show you what we're building. Very, very cool. Well, you said you were a freight broker? I, once upon a time. Representing the freight brokers over at the gong, it is Justin Bailey, co-founder at Rose Rocket. Make them proud. You're competing against truckers, founders. Nice tone. He, uh, he like nailed the tone on that. Thank you so much. Go see uh, Justin over there. He'll get you a hat. Kelly Lomax, you got to come up here and ring this thing for bringing that typewriter, man. This gentleman right here. Just put randomly out on social media that my seven-year-old wanted a typewriter. Who came with a typewriter today? This gentleman right here. Introduce yourself to everybody. Uh, Kelly Lomax, president of Dominant Global Logistics. Kill it. What do you think? It was solid. Solid, strong stuff. Now, fa Mr. Fastener, come over here with your yellow shirt on. Love seeing you at these events, sir. Come on, John. Introduce yourself. John Oldham, Field Fastener, here for the shippers. Here for the shippers. 
Boom. John, you come sit down with me for a second, man. I, I got to ask the shipper perspective on uh, what you're doing at F3. Come have a seat. Now, who do you think won the gong off so far? That guy, Mustafa, was pretty good. Mustafa. The first guy who hit it was pretty good, too. Now, you got here from Field Fastener. What's, what's the shipper doing at F3? Out here, checking out all the technology, networking. Gonna have a little fun, too. You're gonna have a little fun? You looking forward to TI tonight? Oh, yeah. Have you been over to the puppy palace over there? I did. Um, I'm not missing my pups right now, so yeah, I'm good. I'm, you're good? Yeah. None of that ain't. Maybe tomorrow, though. Tomorrow, definitely. A little comfort puppy on the yep. chest. So what you've seen out here so far, any technology interests you from the shipper side? Yeah, I think there's a lot of it out there. You know, the, uh, the different platforms to, to ship, you know, the, the tracking, container tracking. That's always a hot one here, you know, trying to get the, the container, the rail, all, all that tracking in one that continues to be uh, an interesting market that we're, we're interested in. Are you still seeing, like, disruptions? What's your major issue as a shipper right now insofar as just transportation and shipping? Not too much on the disruption side yeah. uh, for, for containers. I'd say the LTL has definitely been interesting. I know there's been a lot of talk about where that, where that yellow freight went. Were you yellow? Were you guys using yellow? Uh, we used them a little bit. Yeah. My, my bigger concern in that that I haven't heard a lot of talk about is, is freight damage. Okay. So as that product has moved to different networks, I'm seeing a lot more damage throughout other networks because I think of the, the, the capacity being challenged. Capacity challenge, yeah, that's a, that, that, that is a, uh, that's a tough one. Now, let me, let me ask you this. In terms of, uh, in terms of shipping right now, w when you hear someone like Yellow is going out of business, what happens in, in your department? We know what the brokers are doing. They're freaking out, calling everybody, finding new loads and everything. What, what's a shipper doing? Well, our first, our first thing as a distributor yeah. is, is really we want to let our customers know. We want to make sure that they're, they're protected, that they're taking care of. Communication, right? Yes, communicate. Um, and then it's, it's making sure our, our network as well is covered, right? Alternate options. If, if we're working with the 3PLs, making sure that even early on before that happened, as the news comes about, right, what are we doing to be proactive, you know, Taking some of that freight out of those networks to limit the risk was very important. How do you, what's your like methodology for, for like limiting risk and how you model a network? It's really, it's ultimately about doing what's best for the, the customer and yeah. staying in tune with, you know, what the truck and other news sources and, and taking that seriously, I think is, is the important part. Again, yes, there's a lot of scares out there, but yeah. at some point you got to take that news serious as it's coming through different outlets and and make and be actionable about it. And I think that's what's really important about it. How valuable is it for shippers to keep their ear to that train track? You said, you know, you follow freightways, you know what companies are going out of business, you know what the market looks like in sonar, you know what capacity looks like in different regions. I think it's very important. Um, whether you're moving your freight or not, that is something as a shipper we need to be in tune with, we need to understand. Uh, and it's, it's only going to add value to the supply chain and make us stronger. Interesting. What are you most excited to see while you're here on site at F3? What the truck? Of course. Yeah. TI, even more than TI? Yeah. You got a favorite TI song? It's got to be Live Your Life, right? Uh, yeah, Living Your Life. Well, John, you're going to be out here on the floor. People want to interact with you. They want to say hi. What should they do? I, I don't think you can miss me. Just feel free to step on up and, and we'll talk.
Very cool. Thank you for joining Thank me up you. here. By the way, I see Ben Tashergi. Go grab a hat from that gentleman. I see Ben Tashergi in the audience. Send Ben up here. People say Ben looks a little wiry. He looks a little wispy. They don't think he can hit a gong. They don't think he's lifted a weight, you know, in years. But I'm here to tell you, and he's here to tell you, that he's a lot stronger than you think. So I'm actually a child's extra large, not a child's medium. For okay, child's extra large. He also makes uh, freight mermaid parodies, things like that. Silent but deadly. Silent but deadly. And my last game, Bart. Mr. Bart, I don't mean to interrupt your conversation, but come on up here, sir. We're going to get that Bart DeMunk brand over here on the cowbell. We're going to hit it and we're going to have a quick chat, sir. You're going to hit this. It's been tough to beat the first one. Come on, join me over here, though, Bart. Come here. I got to ask you a question. You're a man about town. You go to all these events. You get all these events. What's good? What's good about F three, buddy? Uh, first of all, it's good to see everyone. It's good to see you, Tim. But it's good to see the industry coming together. You know, you've been talking about it. There's a lot of stuff happening in the industry this year. Yeah. Some of it not so good. So I think this is the place where everyone comes together. We all bond together, and we really see that as an industry together, we're so much stronger. Now, Bar, I think you've been to probably every like major event this year, right? Do you have a favorite so far? What separates apart like a Freight Waves event? Uh, first of all, Chattanooga. I think it's one of the coolest places. Me being Belgian, not yeah. too familiar with it. This, uh, they first... call this the Belgian, of the, the Belgium of the South. Yes, it is. It is. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that means, but yes. Um, no, it's a cool place. And I would say this is uh, a lot more than some of the other conferences that sometimes get a little boring. Yeah. Um, or are... Purely business. This is a perfect combination of networking, getting information, um, meeting new people, but also maybe after the fact, going to some cool shows and, and really enjoying each other's company towards the end of the season, because I think this is probably one of the last major conferences of the year. Yeah. Just kind of connect and say, hey, what should we be doing next year? 2023 is almost done. It's yeah, almost in the book. So what, do you, what kind of conversation, what are you looking for out here? What kind of conversations are you looking to have? Well, I'm here with uh, the Venture 53 yeah. um, guys, and so we're looking at new exciting companies that we could invest in, people that want to invest in the new fund that we're starting, Ooh. and then obviously working with the existing portfolio companies that are here. Right? We've got Highway here. We've got quite a few. Zoom is here. Our brother Mo is right there. Now, this market could give the perception that nobody is doing venture capital, nobody's funding anybody, but you guys are out here on the make. Yes, there's a lot of money out there, and people are willing to invest it. I think everyone's pickier. Yeah. The good thing is if you're in VC and PE money, that valuations have come down, so there's a lot of opportunity. And it's not like they're taking that money somewhere else to invest it in real estate or anything else. Yeah. They still want to invest. But people are more educated now about the industry, and they're a little bit more careful. But there's a lot of great ideas out there. There's a lot of incredible entrepreneurs out there, and we're still going to continue investing. What do you think took the, the biggest hit by this point in 2023? It, it would seem to me digital freight brokerages did. Yes, I think, unfortunately, digital freight, or if you use that term, yeah. it's almost dead in the water. I think wow. VC, private equity, wouldn't touch it, typically. Um, and to be honest, most freight has been digitized in some way, right? Yeah. So I think that was the great thing with companies like Convoy, is that they were part of that movement to get it digitized, but everyone's now there. 
So it's really around how can I create value for companies without whatever we call it. We can't keep calling it digital this, digital that. Yeah. It is embedded in what we provide. But if you still have a solution that really creates value for a company, you're going to do well. So, but it, like, is it AI now? Like, What do you want people to be saying that you're like, oh, let's write a check? No, I don't even think it's AI. AI is a tool that can do a lot of things, but it's... it's well, that's me, good. No, because I think that in three years, a lot of those AI comp supply chain AI companies are probably going to be in a tough spot. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. five years ago, was, everything was blockchain, and it was all visibility. <laughs> yes. Now it's all AI, right? So it's like AI on its own is not a solution. It's, it's an enabler to a solution. Um, to me, I think it's a little bit also back to basics as to, hey, some of these systems we have are still very manual or old. Let's go to our basic core capabilities we need as a 3PL, a broker, a carrier, a shipper, and let's put the best systems in place that really help our people to make their jobs more efficient. I think this morning on one of the, the, panel, or the, one of the fireside chats with Eric Rampell, it was said as well, right? And I think that back to basics is what people are understanding. Don't go looking for the shiny object. Go look for a good system that really helps you do more with the same amount of people, even less people, and do it better. I know you guys have a party tomorrow. I'm excited to attend it. I'm excited for TI tonight. Before I kick you off the stage, how do people find you when they're out here on the floor? Well, I'll be walking around. You'll see me with the cool Venture 53 shirt. That is a nice um, shirt. Yeah. But other than that, I'm probably pretty, pretty easy to spot. But yeah, You guys have just, a booth here? We do not have a booth, but um, we do have, we sponsor the Innovation Alley, right? So if people want to see Venture 53, come see the Innovation Alley. Um, and then there's several of us around here, so come look for us. Well, Bart, thank you so much for your thank time you. today. Thank you for Always stopping Always a pleasure. By. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into What the Truck Today. I see him right Ah, Come here, you two. You got 30 seconds. Get over here. You got 30 seconds left. Come on, Gracie. Charles Gracie, hit the music. He'll gong us off. Charles Gracie's going to send us home for the day. Ooh. That was quick. You got time for one more. Michael Lombard. Michael Lombard, he's been thirsting at the pit. He carried this thing. This man carried this here. Yes! That's going to be tough to beat. We need the DB meter. We need the DB meter. Hey, thank you for tuning in to What the Truck. We're usually three times a week. We'll be back tomorrow. Take care. Enjoy lunch.